Welcome to What's Your Beef? What's Your Beef is proudly supported by Suncorp Bank, helping local producers through the ups and downs since 1902. Each week we will introduce you to people working in the beef industry and some of the characters that help deliver the iconic event that is Beef Australia. Hello, I'm Jane Cudahy and this is What's Your Beef? Today we are chatting with Mark Scholes. He's an account manager with Nutrient Ag Solutions' stud stock department based out of Rockhampton. For the last 20 years, he has traipsed the catwalks of selling arenas around the country and can give us a terrific insight into the beef industry trends as well as some of the exciting breed developments coming up. Mark, you've been an agent or a stock agent for quite a period of time. How did you first get involved in this particular career? Oh, Jane, it probably it stemmed from oh, probably childhood, really. Um, being um, being my father being a cattle buyer and mum and dad owning um, oh, not a big place but small place and running cattle and that. And every school holidays, getting a chance to go go to cattle sales with dad and and helping him. And then sort of through school holidays, um, yeah, helping local livestock agency out. And it just it just yeah looked like a career that uh, that looked really interesting and something I, I, I want to be involved in, Jane. So when you say the sales, it sounds like the sales is what sparked your interest. What about them? Because they're quite amazing events when you are in the industry, let alone when you're an outsider. So what was it about the selling that you enjoyed? Being, like I'm talking um, teenage years into, into sort of early early adulthood and that. And yeah, just, just to see the agents, how they went about their business on the catwalk and, and the auctioneers and, and how they could um, grasp the crowd's attention and, and get the money for the cattle and and the sheep and that um but then also you know dad being a cattle buyer going and doing paddock jobs with the agents and that and i just yeah just to me it just looked like a really good um really good career um a fantastic way to meet a lot of really good people and and a really good way to to be able to handle a lot of cattle and a lot of good quality stock and that and so you know i'm imagining that you didn't sort of jump into the sale ring on your first day you may have but you know what was what was that like? You've decided you're going to be a stock agent. So what's next? Well, it, it um, I didn't. I, well, I finished year twelve, and then I didn't get a job straight away in the agency business. I I went and worked on a few sheep and cattle properties and a few stud properties and that. Um, in the meantime, and and then uh, what was it? Back in May two thousand, I started with Dalgetty's West Farmers Dalgetty Agimpian. Yeah, very, very exciting. Um, very, very happy to actually obtain a job in something that I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was really exciting. Um, and the good thing about when I started with the company, it was um, yeah, I was I was on a merchandise based traineeship, so I got a lot of exposure to to all round business. You know, sort of what our merchandise business was, touch of the finance, the insurance, and that. And and of course, whenever I got the chance to the opportunity, I was out at the sales helping the helping the livestock guys do do what they need to do. Now you said you started with West Farmers Dalgetty. Please correct me, but that was that was um, Nutrient a few name changes ago, wasn't it? Yeah, West Farmers Dalgetty to West Farmers Landmark to Landmark now Nutrient. Yes, it's not often that you've got a career with a business that changed names more than you change job titles. So I guess what really <laughs> made you it must be a terrific company that you, that you're working with. Yeah, yeah, it is, Jane. A lot of very, very good, uh, very good people throughout the business, um, and a lot of passionate people. Not only about the business, but but passionate to help their clients succeed and and obtain the goals that their clients want to achieve. 
I mean, you know, Nutrien, you're here, I guess, for us to hear your story as well, but because they are a big supporter of Beef Australia and, and our beef event. What's your involvement with beef? You've been to pretty much all of them, I understand. Been to a fair few of them, Jane, that's for sure. Being being involved in our, in our stud stock business, um, even when I was based at Toowoomba prior to moving up to Rockhampton, always had an involvement in it once I was up here, but now since I've been in Rockhampton, yeah, heavily involved um, with the branch guys here who, who help run our site, Matt, but my main interaction with Beef is, is just making sure with our sponsorship at the stud, stud judging out, making sure that the things are right, the, our banners and signs are up. We, we do assist uh, throughout the days of judging with, with any announcing, um, ring announcing and that, um, and just just being there and being involved and, and, um, and, and sort of helping out where we can. It is a terrific showcase of beef cattle and that seed stock, but what's your highlight? Like that's, it's a big week, there's a lot going on, there's a lot of handshakes and a lot of conversations, but, you know, we're all there to, to look at these magnificent animals. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic event, Jane. Um, the thing that that I always get out of it is how it is so positive and 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 all the positive energy that it, that it does generate in around the beef industry. Like I can remember a couple of beefs ago, um, as I'm sure most people will. You know, the cattle market was was pretty pretty tough. The the season was very ordinary, but the whole week of beef, everyone was just so upbeat, so positive, so forward looking toward what the Australian beef industry had to offer the world. Um, highlights of it is just is just seeing the the hard work pay off for a lot of people who take cattle there, whether it's people who take prime cattle for the Monday showing and sale, or through to the to the uh, grand final being the um, uh, champion, the Australian champ, beef champion, bull and female. It's just really nice to see such a good quality lineup of commercial and stud cattle, and the big buzz that I get is is you be see a lot of people meet a lot of people, whether it's from WA or internationally or even just from New South Wales or Victoria, you'd be standing there watching a judging of of, um, of whatever breed of cattle and they just they tap you on the shoulder and say, I didn't realise that there was such a high quality, high calibre class of cattle like this running around the countryside. So it's it's just so positive and, 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 and it portrays a very good message and, and and you get to see the spectacle of a lot of very good cattle. When you're talking about some of the, you know, the talking to maybe some clients what's the value in taking your cattle to a to an event like beef you know not everyone obviously can can showcase what they've got in their paddock but what's the value to those who who do well to the to the stud producers it's 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 a hell of an open it's a big big shop window it's a big open door that that you know a lot of people they they take cattle there whether it's on display or whether they're into the show ring that they plan to market later in the year um, or if they don't market those cattle and they and they retain whether it's a sire or a female at home to breed from, people get to see what those cattle are instead of just retaining that sire and, and nobody gets to see him except for the calves that come through off him. So it is a marketing event as much as anything else? It's a lot of marketing, yeah. But I think with the commercial side of things, um, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of very good cattle and a lot of those cattle go, go direct to the avatars and that, but... They, they, a lot of them earmark beef and they, they nominate cattle into beef. So they get, to, they get to showcase what they're doing and it's a bit of a win-win. Like, this is what we're doing. We're very proud of what we're producing. But at the same time, there's, there's a number of 
number of bull producers out there that can go out there and say, well, hey, hang on a second, this guy buys my bulls and this is what my genetics are doing for him. So, yeah, and, and it's it, it sort of ticks the boxes on both sides of it. What major changes have you seen through some of the breeds in the last, you know, 15 or so years in some of the genetics? Oh, the big change probably currently happening is is the um, tendency toward pole genetics and pole cattle. Um, there's there's a lot of a lot of very good pole cattle coming out of the your traditional horn breeds, um, but at the same time, it, it a lot of people that are showing cattle or don't show cattle just go to a show and, and they just focus on one one sort of small part of it where everyone tends to go to beef and they, they tend to want to have a look at everything. So they can they look over the fence and say, well, gee, that's what that breed's doing. I reckon I can I can make that a part of what I'm doing within my breeding herd with a different breed just to try and try and sort of modernise or soften them down or put a bit more muscle and weight into them, you know. Well, there was a real tendency towards pole genetics 10, 15 years ago, I guess, and then it sort of went by the wayside, but it seems to be a real drive again. Is that more of a sort of social licence push? It's some people, probably a bit of that, Jane, but staffing in the bush and that, uh, it's, it's getting harder and harder to get those really good staff that can, can go and do, you know, all those animal husbandry jobs on, on the cars when you're branding them and that. So if you don't have, if, if you can just run them through without having to touch the head and dehorn them, well, it's a lot better for the livestock. Um, and and plus there is that, and, and then that pushes the, that comes from the buyers, so the buyers start looking for that. So so the seed stock producers, yeah, take a bit of notice of it and, and, and try and try and meet the market requirements. Okay, well, and I guess the other sort of uptake in the last little while has been, you know, technology such as the use of data collection and EBVs and, and genomics and all of that sort of thing. What do you see as the uptake of some of those concepts in the, in the seed stock industry, I guess, first and foremost? Yeah, it's, it's um, some breeds more so than others, Jane. And is that like a willingness of producers or like a drive from producers well, to want that kind of data? Producers or, 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 what, or what the buying public, what their, client, what their buying clients are looking for. Mm. But there are some people who are taking it on board and, and, and it has a big influence of younger generations, you know, um, mum and dad handing more control over to the son or the daughter or the, you know, the son and daughter and all common or whatever, you know, uh, wanting to implement those sort of tools and, and those sort of measuring implements so they can try and move and, and push their cattle, um, you know, to the next level um, with the aid of that. So then when they go to sell them, they've got the EBVs or they've got the genomics or, or they've got the traits there that people can look at. So when they go to buy them, if they're looking from they're there. But a lot of uh, there's there's a number of them out there that are that are using it just to try and, you know, lift or improve productivity or weight gains or fertility or milking milking ability within their own herd to try and improve to try and improve the progeny that they're that they're breeding. From an agent's point of view, has it helped you out at all? Like when you with marketability of some of the beasts you're selling? Yeah, it, it does, Jane. It it does at times. Um, there's still a big number of bull buyers out there that that are that are just looking for the you know your base data. You know they they want to see a good good bull. They want to see a good shape, uh, confirmation correct, and a semen test. But there is a number of number of people out there and a number of companies out there that are that are looking for that extra data. You know they um, instead of instead of having to feed a big heap of um, supplement to try and get more fertility, well if they can build that into their herd by breeding what should be, you know, sort of 
superior sort of fertile or production cattle on paper. Well, well, they're looking and they're trying to go down that way with it. So yeah, yeah, some people yes, other people no. But but as I said, the people in the middle there are trying to find it, trying to say, well, if they if they want it, well, I've got it. If they don't, well, I can still use it to to try and improve what I'm trying to do anyway. And I guess with your like an agent's workload, um, with more online sales happening and more online bidding and that sort of thing at sales, there's so much more involved in terms of supplying photos, videos, data, making sure that prospective buyers or have that kind of information when they're not there to look at what the the catalogue, I guess. So how how has that sort of online marketing changed what you do? One really good thing that's come out a lot of this online is it's it's made a lot of people either either go and go and take a course on getting a better photo or they go and employ someone that, that takes good photos. We still, there's us as agents, we still get plenty of phone calls from people, even if they are going to be bidding from home or from their office, because they still want to require someone just to, to cast an eye over them. That's if they haven't been looked at them prior. Mm. Um, but, it, but it is, it's, it's a good marketing tool in the fact that it's, it's, another, it's another promotional tool out there. People can, people can log on and see what's happening. And for those people who, who have been and looked at the cattle, well, they don't have to employ or, or annoy anyone else to go and do the bidding for them. They can, they can just go and bid along themselves with, with, without the pressure of someone talking to them, um, talking in their ear on the phone. They can just operate the way they normally want to operate. Even not that long ago, that seemed to be completely unimaginable. I feel like we've, <laughs> yeah. come, we've come a long way in a short period of time in terms of that, especially when you're dealing with an industry that can be quite traditional in some of our ways of doing business. Yeah, that's for sure, Jane. You go back a few years ago and you mentioned that, that a lot of people just, just look at you cross-eyed where, where nowadays with, with videos, photos, um, you know, there's more and more people out there getting computer savvy with it. Um, there's still plenty of people out there that you've got to help through a fair bit with it. <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, it's as I said, it's 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 made people improve the way that they market and put their article out there for sale. There are a certain number of producers who do buy um, a lot of their bulls without actually casting an eye on them. That it's purely data driven, which um, it's still got to be a point where you want to look what you're buying at too. Yeah, that's right, and that's that's what I said before. You know, there's still a number of people who are operating online if they don't make the trip or the effort to go and look at the cattle prior, they'll they'll ring they'll ring their agent up or they'll ring a sale agent up and say, listen, go and have a look at these cattle. Tell me what you think of these lot numbers um, and, and then I'll make a decision from there. Agents and relationships with their clients is, is such a, an, a... It's a really important relationship, isn't it? How do you best manage relationships with your clients? And keeping it that per like you know, it takes a lot to trust someone to go and you know spend twenty grand on for you. Oh yeah, that's for sure. It takes a lot of trust. Um, but I, I think it comes down to two things: um, listening to what what your clients are telling to you, and that and the big thing is confidence and, and confidentiality, like confidence that they can talk to you about something that it's not going to leave their kitchen table. Mm. But yeah, just just showing that genuine interest, listening listening to to what to what they're um to what they're talking about um that willingness to be involved and because a lot a lot of people still out there even though they don't don't you don't get involved with every decision they make they they still still want want to be comfortable thinking and thinking in the back of their mind that this guy generally does care about what i'm trying to achieve Mm. 
Well, and going back to the, the cattle market this year, it's been incredibly strong so far. What have you observed this year in 2020, which in many other ways is the place has gone crazy? <laughs> it's gone crazy on a number of different fronts, hasn't it? Yeah. The general livestock markets, whether it's whether it's cattle, whether it's store cattle or, or, or kill cattle or, you know, sheep or wool or whatever, the, the, the whole agricultural industry has got a pretty good vibe to it. Um, and that cattle job, it's just, it's just really, it's, it's holding a lot of confidence in people where, where even, even, you know, you go back last year, this time last year, it was very dry and there was a lot of people were losing confidence where at the moment throughout Queensland, anyway, it's, it's, um, it is dried right out with, uh, with the last couple of months that we've had with the wind and that, but still the confidence is still sky high, you know. I had three guys ring me last week to get a report on Brahman Week, but then the first thing, second thing they wanted to tell me is how they sold Wiener steers for over five dollars a kilo. Yeah. <laughs> well, so how? So where's that confidence coming from? Because it is dry, and I guess but you know everyone's anticipating a pretty good wet season, but it's not here yet. No, exactly right. Um, yeah, just just people. Um, you know, there was a very good push from from southern buyers, you know, New South Wales buyers into Queensland for that for that um, animal to put on crop or that background animal because they had some very, very good um, oats crops and crops down in uh, New South Wales. So when they come up taking numbers of cattle out, well, it shortens the supply. So the local people, the, the local uh, producers um, still going. Whether it's a bit of a thinking, well, they might be there now, but if I go and buy them after it rains, what are they going to be worth? Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of people just hinging on the fact that they... You know, they're, they're semi-confident as much as you can be in the weather that, that hopefully we are going to get a bit of a, a, a better wet season this year. Oh, gosh, I really, really hope so. Um, <laughs> now, Mark, going back to sort of your personal story more so, and, you know, we did mention before that you've been at Nutrien for, for basically your whole livestock career. What are some of the other big changes? We've touched on a couple, a couple of the big changes in the industry and what, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Why are you still there? As I said, it's a good company to be working for, um, but but I do I really enjoy I really enjoy the job that I do. Um, you know the the ability to be able to get up in the morning and and a lot of the people I deal with on a, on a weekly basis or monthly basis or whatever, their um, relationships, they're they're people that'll that'll ring you up just to say good day. Um, you know, they get something that they're pretty excited about, so they ring you up and say, you better come and have a look at this. We better work on, on doing something of this, you know. Um, you know, the same people say, well, don't stay in town, stay at home and 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 um, we'll kick back, relax and just have a yarn around the kitchen table tonight, you know. Um, it's and, and the fact, like, in, in the stud stock job, dealing with a lot of very good people, but, but getting to see every day a lot of very, very good quality cattle. What do you do when you're not in the, the selling ring or...? In the yards or that sort of thing. What are you doing away from work? <laughs> I hide at home. <laughs> <laughs> you hide. No, nah, we, um, we we live just outside of Rockhampton, so um, we're a little place just out there. So yeah, still involved. Still still chase a few cows around on the weekend, but but no, nah, just yeah, just just at home because I do spend a fair bit of time away from home. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't I don't mind chasing a golf ball around the flat when I get a chance, but that doesn't <laughs> happen very often. I don't mind wetting a fishing hook either, but but I think the fishing lines are all going to have to be replaced. But but <laughs> yeah, sort of spending time with family and friends, and and just yeah, just just um, spending time at home and doing a few things there. What are you most excited about the next beef beef twenty one? 
What are you going to Very be doing? Cool. You're not you're not in the tent. You're out in the the yards. Yeah, about, oh, we'll have float in and out of the tent, but yeah, my, most most of the time we spent for me will be out 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 around the judging rings and that, and and down in the shed seeing clients and that. Probably the same for me every year with beef is is just to see see the quality and the lineup of cattle across the uh, that that people bring forward because people always try to put their front foot forward and and bring the best that they can. Um, but the other thing that, that is really interesting to me, and, and that's where beef's really good and unique, and the fact that being every three years that, um, you know, the guy with the champion, champion, say, Brahman or Sand or Droughtmaster bull has kept that bull at home. So hopefully he'll have a full team, uh, all have team, any show team buy that bull. So it's really good to see what, the, what those cattle are breeding coming forward. It must be really interesting for you to go around in the, the months prior to beef and have a sticky beak at what's on its way. Is there a certain, like I realise that you're not probably going to be able to answer this, but is there a particular breed or or something that gives you that extra bit of excitement when you when you step into the ring? Oh, depends on what's, in, what's being judged. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's... It, uh, the, the judging ring at beef that really gets me and I think a lot of people excited is that... that um, Thursday afternoon or whatever the inner breed's on. Yeah. When all the champion females, all the champion bulls from each breed get to be paraded so everyone can stand there and, and, and have a look. And, and then the buzz starts happening. Oh, well, yeah, I like him or I don't like him. Or, yeah, well, these are my top five. And, oh, well, I wouldn't have picked him. But out of the five he's picked, well, yeah, I like that or that. Yeah, it's it's that um, that inner breed's really, really exciting, exciting time to be ringside just to – just to hit, well, one to see the spectacle. That's all the champion, the champions. But just to, yeah, just to hear people's different, and that's the beauty about the about the industry. In everyone's got their own opinion on, on what they think for oh, different reasons. No and doubt. It's just really, yeah, it's really interesting to be involved in for some of those conversations, depending on who you're standing with at the time. <laughs> and the banter, the banter would get fairly intense between the breeds and opinions. I'd imagine too. It must be fantastic fun to be behind the scenes then. Yeah, it's always good fun to get a few different breeders together when an interbreed's on it. And you know they'll be they'll be talking about this or talking. No, no, your bull won't win it because he's this, and oh, yours won't win it. And then sort of being being a bit cheeky, just throw another breed in there just to stir him up. Yeah, well, like a, <laughs> like a Dexter or something when you're talking. Yeah, to her, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that should be we should float that as a podcast idea for during beef is to actually not well you know as a as a dual one between Angus Lane in the middle and then the banter behind the scenes that might be <laughs> oh i don't I, i'm pretty sure you wouldn't be able to um, um repeat or air any of some of the language that comes out <laughs> it might be a closed circuit feed <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> a closed circuit might be better jane yeah <laughs> now you had a really outstanding result we've um you know i realized that we'll probably be listening to this in another few weeks but um brahman week in central queensland fared quite well yeah, Brahman Week, Brahman Week went exceptionally well. Um, you know, ninety-seven percent clearance over seven hundred plus bulls, with a with a bit over twelve thousand dollar average. But you know, to me, the 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 most impressive thing about that is that's from one hundred and seventy different vendors. It's 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 over that many different shapes and styles of cattle. You know, the different genetics and that. It's, yeah, it was a, it was a very big result. So the diversity within the within the breed is still there. Like it's quite easy to sort of look at events such as beef and think that you know we're all working towards one particular or a few particular strains, but it's not really the case. No, and and every and and all bull sales issues so far, Jane, have all been going very strongly. Um, you know, a lot of sales that over the past few years 
that have might have been averaging sort of six to eight thousand, well, they're averaging their ten and twelve thousands, mm-hmm. and those sales that were averaging you know tens and twelves are now averaging fourteens and fifteens, and that with with big clearance rates. So the clearance rates are a big thing. You know, you can get a big average, but but have a pretty ordinary clearance rate. But when you're getting big averages and big clearance rates, it's confidence is good, um, and and the prospects looking forward are very solid. Is this going to continue or is this, you know, is everyone, as you say, confident of a good wet season and, you know, the end to this prolonged dry or is this, you know, what we're looking at for the next? That's, yeah, I I get a bit glass half full on sort of looking too far forward because, you know, it, it only, it doesn't take much to sort of correct things. The way the cattle market is and the bull market, like every, the comment that I hear is where is it going to end and how much better can it get, you know, like, and a lot of people are thinking that and they're, they're quietly nervous about it a bit. But at the same time, it's still building confidence in them. So they, they keep moving forward. Exactly. Okay, well, look, I are you a cook? It's a random question, but I've been asking everybody on this podcast <laughs> as they come through. I don't claim to be a chef, but yes, I can cook. <laughs> you can cook. Well, I, I need to know, what is your favourite cut of beef? And I don't want like a fancy dinner party you know, show off to your neighbours kind of deal. I need a average Wednesday cooking for the family. What are you cooking? It'd have to be. It, it, for me, every day of the week, piece of steak, it'd be either a, a nice piece of rump or cube roll. <laughs> Good, right. Any any sauces or anything, or is that just how it comes? Uh, I'm happy to go a la natural, but I am, and, and a lot of my family and close friends know I'm very partial to a bit of Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> Yeah, I can't say that I love it on steak, but I have a husband who loves it on everything, so I, I can relate in a way, sort of. Well, because of me, I've got some very good friends who daughter baths their um, veggies and, and everything in it, and they blame me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. At least you've left your mark there, Mark. Um, look, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time today, and we'll look forward to seeing you at Beef 21. No worries, Jane. That sounds great. No, it's been a pleasure. Beef Australia is proudly supported by our principal partners. Thanks to the Australian Government Department of Agriculture, Water and the Environment, the Queensland Government, Meat and Livestock Australia and the Rockhampton Regional Council. Thanks for listening. You can hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you are enjoying listening to the show, we would appreciate a quick rating and review. Visit beefaustralia.com.au for more information on this great event.